Have you heard about Global Poker? Global Poker is the fastest growing card room in the US today, and it's available online at globalpoker.com. Global Poker is a social poker site that offers safe and secure cash out options by using their unique and patented sweepstakes model. Players can compete in big guaranteed tournaments, jackpot sit and goes, or cash games featuring Hold'em, Omaha, and even Crazy Pineapple. Don't wait. Check out Global Poker today. Poker Stories is an audio series that features casual interviews with some of the game's best players and personalities. Each episode highlights a well-known figure in the poker world and dives deep into their favorite tales both on and off the felt. Hello and welcome to Poker Stories, a podcast brought to you by Card Player, the Poker Authority, and hosted by me, Julio Rodriguez. This is episode number 87, featuring my buddy Gary Gates. Now, if you have been around the poker world at all in the last 15 years, you know Gary. Gary has worn many hats in the industry. He moved to Vegas hoping to make it as a poker player, but when that didn't pan out, he shifted his focus to the media side of things, working live tournament coverage for Poker News. He then put in 10 years working for poker stars with their roster of pros while traveling from stop to stop on the international circuit. Last summer, however, Gary got to put on his player hat again for his annual shot at Poker Immortality in the World Series of Poker main event. Uh, Gary did have some experience in the tournament, having cashed a few times with a couple of deep runs, but he exceeded all expectations when he made the final table and ultimately finished fourth for a life-changing $3 million payday. Honestly, it could not have happened to a better guy. Gary is consistently mentioned as one of the nicest guys in the poker world. In fact, funny story, Gary is so nice, and I'm sure he won't like me telling this, but we were having a conversation at the Rio a couple years back, and he interrupted his own story to apologize for a fart that I had neither heard nor smelled. <laughs> That's just the kind of guy Gary is. A uh, quick note, please excuse the couple of minutes we spend up top talking about and speculating about the coronavirus. We recorded this episode nearly three weeks ago, uh, if you are hearing this when it comes out, and obviously the world was a lot different then. Um, on that note, I want to thank all of you for continuing to listen to Poker Stories during these um, uncertain times. Hopefully we can serve as a nice distraction in this new reality. Anyway, that's enough intro. Here is my conversation with Gary Gates. Uh, I am here with Gary Gates. Gary, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I, I have a little bit of a cough. And mm -hmm. Not sure if it's a fever, but, you know. Yeah. Some By the time this comes out, you may be dead. <laughs> when, and you may be as well. Yeah, thank uh, you for I giving this to Because I might have given you the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, otherwise, we're doing very well. You know, I just got a news alert that they're going to do March Madness with no fans this year. That's kind of crazy. That's bizarre. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you – I saw something that uh, LeBron was kind of upset about this and the idea of playing in front of no fans mm -hmm. because that's why he, he plays. Yeah. But, and I also saw, what is it, Sunday night, the Democratic debate. Apparently there's going to be no live audience. That's going to be a little bit weird with no clapping and just straight-up answers. I think no that will be better, actually. Yeah. <laughs> less uh, – Possible. Less uh, biased clapping maybe in the, in the audience. Mm -hmm. But – 
Yeah, if you could talk me off this ledge, that'd be great. <laughs> how do you, how are you feeling about the prospects of our civilization? It's I you're don't building know. a house. You're obviously <laughs> planning for the future. So yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's one of those things. It's it does seem like it's going to get worse before mm-hmm. it gets any better. And I think, you know. I, I guess selfishly early on, I thought, okay, well, this is most likely going to impact the older folks and yeah. you know, people with underlying health conditions. But at the same time, you know, now it's, there's a lot of responsibility on everybody to yeah. take precautions, not you know, subject yourself in the same physical space as somebody who you know who might be sub, uh, susceptible to this. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think our lives are going to have to change in a lot of different ways that, it, mm-hmm. especially Americans, as stubborn as we are, are not used to. Um, but yeah, you they know. just canceled the first poker tournament in the States. I saw that. I saw that. Uh, Donnie Peters has some pretty strong ideas about poker tournaments in general, thinking this is literally just the exact kind of cesspool that, you know, <laughs> in terms of germs what and are you passing talking about? germs. Those and... chips are washed every night. Yeah. Don't you know that? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's probably, you know, sh- selfishly and short term, it's, it's, it sucks to lose some of those events and, you know, different sporting events that are going to be canceled we're actually heading to a music festival we were planning to in your neck of the woods in fort lauderdale okay next month but you know i'm guessing there's probably a 90 percent chance that's going to be canceled too what so. are your what are your thoughts at this point I keep we should say it's march 11th when we're recording this uh <laughs> what are your thoughts at this point on the series gosh that's another one i mean I saw a recent statement from Seth Polanski that, you know, they they don't have any immediate plans to cancel. Of course. I feel like with But they also have to get people to book hotel rooms and flights at this True. You know, they're but not trying to cause a panic. The thing is at this rate at this rate as well, hotels are offering discounted rooms, airlines are offering discounted flights. So yeah. who knows? I mean I, I respect kind of a you know, their wait and see approach. Um I'm sure they'll take action if and when necessary but you know it's one of those things i think for the greater good it, it might be the best decision but mm-hmm. you know in the short term all right but you don't work for wsop so turn off your pr brain <laughs> and actually answer the question is it going to go off without a hitch yes or no i mean look <laughs> it's so hard for me to not think with that pr i've been doing this for, for too know. long too long oh, i got uh, it too get I a few, it too. you have to get a few beers in me before we have a, a fully open honest conversation but I don't know. I think it will definitely have an impact. I mm-hmm. don't, you know, if it's not canceled, I definitely think the numbers will take a hit. Yeah. Um, it's and, okay. We'll just put an asterisk next to it that year. No yeah. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and look, it could, you know, who knows? I mean, they, there's there's just a lot of risk in this for them in moving ahead with it. You know, there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of liability issues they might, you know, be considering right now, but... But let's wait and see. I mean, in a month, you know, I think we'll know a lot more, and that puts us, you know, a couple months out. So, so we'll we'll wait and see on this one. All right, I like your approach. Let's talk about Titusville. And don't go off. A, don't jump off a ledge. What What are you concerned about? No, I'm That's not. I, well, here you think the world is about to end. Why? Would you like me to scare you? Uh, go for it. You okay. Well, I read this article. There's basically 900,000 hospital beds in the U.S. At any given time, 600,000 already full with people who are just chronically sick or stab victims or heart attack people or whatever. So you have 300K beds for that are available at any given time. Mm. Uh, the article I said, uh, I read said that will be full up in three days. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. So what happens if you get kidney stones and you need it treated or you need emergency gallbladder surgery or whatever? Now all of a sudden there's no beds for you at the hospital and now you're a 
25-year-old perfect was perfect perfectly healthy person with a good chance of survival and now you can't make it. Yeah. So there's there's my fear. I'm not an expert in those areas. However, I would imagine that most hospitals probably reserve, mm-hmm. you know, or have a certain group of rooms and and Or we'll just do like China did and build them in a week. Yeah. <laughs> one, I saw one of those collapse. Did you see that? Yeah, it did yeah. not turn out like the best story, but yeah, yeah. That's what I don't know. When you build things in a week. You're probably right on that, and I and I do think you know. And that's why they're banning fans from events because the more we spread it out, mm. the more rooms there will be at the hospital for sure. the people who need it. But yeah, that's my fear. Sorry, world. If I if I turned <laughs> out to be uh, an alarmist or right on the money, either way, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's take our mind off that. Sure. Let's go to Titusville. <laughs> What were you doing up in uh, the uh, the big city of Titusville? Titusville, Pennsylvania. Um, recently or? No, when, just, you know, when you're. When I lived there? Yeah, when you were a child. A long time ago? Yeah, what, uh, were, your, what were your interests? Gosh, yeah. So it's a, it's a tiny little country town. Mm-hmm. Back when I grew up, I think there were maybe 4,000 people there. Oh, you mean really tiny? Really, really tiny. Yeah. However, there are a couple claims to fame. John Heisman of the Heisman Trophy mm-hmm. went to our high school. Mr. Uh, Stiff Arm. Mr. Stiffarm. And then uh, there's a woman named Ida Tarbell, who is a civil rights activist, was probably in your history book yeah. uh, when you were younger. But um, And it's the birthplace of the commercial oil industry. 19, uh, 18, I'll get this wrong, 1864 or something like that. That's when Daniel Plainview stepped onto the field and you don't get this joke. <laughs> no, there no, no, there no. will be blood. That's okay. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I had a, you know, I had a nice childhood. It's a, it was a good place to grow up. There's mm-hmm. always something going on. They had an oil festival every summer. Yeah. They had a three-on-three basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. They put on the streets and good schools. Everybody kind of knew everybody, and I, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, would I live there today? No. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a city guy through and through. Um, I I've, I've try to visit a couple times a year if I can. Um, but, yeah, big change from – Titusville, Pennsylvania to, to Las Vegas, Nevada. What were your interests? I mean, I know you, you went to Westminster College and you had a few different areas of study, but what did you want to do? Oh, God. Back then, I had no idea. I thought, you know, maybe lawyer, maybe college professor, okay. something along those lines. I was big into computers back then. I, I actually uh, started college as a computer science major. It didn't last very long. I took my first C++ class yeah. and hated it and <laughs> transitioned. I think at the time to communications, actually. But, um, no, I was I was into sports. You know, I played sports year-round. Uh, I was in theater. I had a, had a music, yeah. musical background. I was voted most musical in my, my uh, Titusville High School I also did theater. Class. I got a theater scholarship to college, actually. Nice. Okay. Uh, what, what did you do? Uh, did any memorable shows? Yeah, my, fir- my first was the most memorable by far. I was mm-hmm. 12 years old, and I got the lead in Oliver. So nice. Little, yeah, there's some funny pictures floating around I could share with you. but And some solos. But, uh, yeah, a lot of solos. Um, I was riff in How's West Side your, uh, Story. Wait, I have to ask yeah. about your voice here. Now, I mean, I sing all the time in, in, at home and in the, in the shower. She's not even making a face when you, when you, you know, said she that. Get, she gets in the zone, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's the singing? Really? Mm. Look at this. I'm not going to sing right now. I think I, I no. think most. We're just singers... going to find a clip of it and insert the audio into this. You could. This. <laughs> you could. They're out there somewhere. I'd do anything for you, yeah. Anything for you mean everything to me. <laughs> I think 
most singers will tell you that Ronnie Bardo will tell you this. Mm-hmm. It, when you move to Vegas, it just wreaks havoc. It's just the air's so dry. Mm-hmm. I read a story. I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that Celine Dion in her home, she put like a custom humidifier in every single room just to preserve yeah. her voice because it's just, you know, it doesn't do well for that. So uh, I remember the first minute I stepped out of the plane <laughs> at McCarran, the doors opened and the, that dry heat hit me. And I got a nosebleed for the first time in my life. Instantly. Because I'm, I'm, I'm from Miami where it's basically a swamp 24-7. Yeah. You're so. swimming when you walk around. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, you live there. Lived there for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't sing as much. Definitely not in mm-hmm. any kind of, you know, official form. But, but you'll singing sing sports along and, yeah, to the music. The radio. Yeah. What's your uh, – well, we do this at the end, but let's let's do it now. Oh, okay. Uh, your, uh, your musical interest, what do you uh, – normally go to i know you've been into country in the last few years i love everything uh, the only thing i probably would never listen to is like hardcore like death metal mm-hmm. although you know steel panther was we had a nice run you yeah know, when they were here that's in like town. 80s hair metal though that's fun. yeah but they but then they like branched into doing their own little band of heavy metal but i don't know i'd say yeah i definitely listen to country i like hip-hop i like rock alternative Love James Taylor. If you had, okay. if you asked me, you know, who's your all-time favorite? Probably James yeah. Taylor. We just got to see him here in town uh, a couple months back. Do you have a favorite album? Gosh, uh, that's a tough one. I don't know if I don't know that I do. I, I can tell you, my first f- CD purchase yes. was was Dookie yeah, by Green, Green Day. Day. Yeah, that's I still remember what the label looked like. Mm-hmm. And, Is it the big atomic bomb? Yeah, right it's like front, green yeah. color on the mm-hmm. front. Um, Weezer was my first ever uh, uh, cassette tape purchase, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So we're going way back now. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll, we'll get to more of those fun questions sure. at the end. <laughs> Little taste. Let's get to the poker because you're at Westminster, mm. and uh, you know most people have a story of their roommate was playing online, <laughs> and you know you looked over their shoulder, or there was a home game in the dorms or something, and you got it from your dad. Yeah. That's weird. That bastard. I know. Uh, it worked out all right. But Look what he did. Led so you down this path. This is kind of a – yeah, this is good. Like my family, um, they they used to take this annual trip to Vegas every year. So this is my grandmother, my aunts, cousins. Oh, so it wasn't like this foreign mystical place that you'd never been or anything No, like no, that. no. I mean from – we actually jokingly called – built-in degeneracy. We jokingly <laughs> called Titusville T-Vegas. Like that's how okay. – Yeah, as a joke. But – but uh, so they would go and take these trips and come home with their stories and pictures. And I was infatuated a bit with, with the culture. Rounders came out, you know, around the same time. Movie, mm-hmm. We all love that movie. And then um, you remember the show with Josh Duhamel, Las Vegas. I mm-hmm. think I was loving that show, too. And um, the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it went for very long. But my dad, um, every Thursday night, he played in this Titusville Elks Club game on, mm-hmm. you know, in the upstairs attic. And uh, I started, you know, w- watching him do this. And he'd come home a few hundred bucks and just look like that, a lot of fun. And uh, I remember one weekend I came home from college and um, I pulled up a chair next to him. He's at the computer and he's playing on pokerroom.com. And I, you know, I was shocked that he was playing for real money on the internet. And uh, so, you know, signed up for my own account. What year was this? This must have been probably 2000, I think. So maybe. before the poker boom. Before the poker boom, yeah. He, he uh, was an early adopter. He was, he was. Um, and then, yeah, I got, I got all the books. I, you know, I started playing a bunch myself. Mm-hmm. And um, when I turned 21, I started coming with him to the 
local Titusville Elks Club game. By the way, that would be some amazing content if there was ever a way to recreate that game. The characters, I mean, we had a guy named Loopy, a guy named <laughs> The Banker, The Lawyer. They called my dad Goofy. They called mm-hmm. me Junior because we had the same name. The Butcher. It was just like, it was a great group of people. <laughs> Excellent characters across the board. Um, that was what was fun about poker culture back in the early 2000s was you had to have yeah. a nickname, right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was doing doing the research on you. I get the sense that, like me, when, especially when you came onto the scene, you liked not just the strategy element of cards, but the entire environment, the world around it, the, the characters, the people. It seems like you were into that. I was infatuated with yeah. it. I mean, just... I, you, you can probably attest to this, having been a Vegas guy for a long time as well. I, just, I remember going to the Mirage, and you remember those white rails they mm-hmm. had around the tables there and just like the color of the felt, the chips. I loved all the components of live poker especially. Yeah. And then, you know, going to my first World Series, and when I turned 21, I, um, I flew out to the West Coast with a cousin and one of his friends. We did Vegas, California, Mexico, and, and um, you know, I stopped by the World Series around that same time, and I sat at a two five no limit table behind Puggy Pearson and mm-hmm. Doyle Brunson. You know, and like, just just being in it. You know, was for the that 06? Uh, no, I think this was before. Because 06 was the first Rio. I think this was not the Rio. This was okay. at Binion's. Yes, yeah. I think it was either two thousand two or three. Uh, I can't. I can't. I couldn't tell you for sure. But um, yeah, I just I love the whole thing, man. I love the lights. I love the the possibilities that yeah. poker tournaments. You know, you you run well for a few days, and boom, now you you know you you've just hit a nice little jackpot. So I I've I've just been a fan of it my whole life. I love reading about it. Mm-hmm. You know, just coming to Vegas, you can you know I I've had a love hate with the city itself for a few years, but I think I love it now more than ever. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, okay. So you're at school. Uh, somehow poker doesn't derail your studying. Mm. You still graduate. What, were, what did you graduate with? My grade point average? No. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Show me your diploma, Gary. You were trying Gary. to figure out how, how much it derailed my studies. No, I, I mean, I, like, what was your degree in? No, sure. Uh, funny story about that, too. One, the job, C's get degrees. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true. I actually got a job as a computer uh, lab manager. I think they were mm. called proctors at the time. So I literally had the keys to every computer lab on campus so that I could go and play online poker with the high oh, yeah. high speed internet connection. Um, but I graduated with a degree in English and a uh, minor in creative writing. So okay. I kind of, you know, you know the story from there. I kind of parlayed that into some work with Poker News and yeah. Well, let's get into that story because yeah. uh, you didn't come out here to work for a poker media company. You came out to work for yourself mm. as a poker player. I did. And as a backup plan, I enrolled at UNLV's graduate program, I think mostly just to kind of tell, you know, give my parents something that, you know, just so they could sleep at night. Yeah. Know, here, I'm not sleeping in a ditch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so I was taking classes at UNLV and I, you know, and I came out here to play professional poker. And uh, the first few years were real, real bad. Really? I, I, I actually think my, the one, the first time my dad flew out here with me and dropped me off at my dorm, last words out of his mouth are, you know, don't, just don't rush off to the casino straight away. And that's exactly what I did. Like as soon as he left, <laughs> I went straight to the Bellagio. And I think at the time my ATM withdrawal limit was only $500. Yeah. And I had maybe $500 with me. I'm not even kidding you. Somehow I blew through $1,000 playing 4-8 limit. I'm not even kidding you. Uh, I think I was there for approximately 20 hours, 
And I played over into the night against this one older guy who just completely wrecked me. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's every time I'm opening, raise, raise, raise. I don't, he never let his foot off the gas. I'm just folding nonstop. I had no idea what I was doing and was questioning every decision. You clearly I, didn't know what you're doing if you lose a thousand of four eight. It was terrible. It was terrible. I I was I didn't even have enough money <laughs> to you know go back to the ATM. I couldn't. So I, I think yeah. I walked home from from the Bellagio to that, UNLV's dorm rooms. Yeah, it was that's absurd. a brutal start. <sighs> it was bad. But what was your game of choice? I'm, I'm assuming you weren't degening a four eight limit there the whole time. No, I, that's the other thing. So that was, I was definitely guilty of moving up way too fast, you know, and, and that's probably that night I'm sure I moved up and played some two five and just, you know, lost the rest of it. But mm-hmm. but that was my biggest thing, especially online. You know, I would I would crush the games that I was supposed to be playing and then have like a good week, move up in limits or play a tournament that was too big. Back uh, full tilt used to have pretty monstrous uh, heads up matches. Yeah. I was playing the biggest ones, you know, for a really long time and had no bankroll for it. So it was just, you know, I'd run it up and run it back down. And I can't tell you how many times that happened, probably 70 to 100 over, yeah. you know, a 12, 15 year period. So you're at the 06 series. That was uh, my first series. Mm-hmm. I was working for Card Player. I remember that year was um, they only had four quadrants. It was only the Amazon room. And one of the quadrants was cash. Mm-hmm. And you're playing cash. And you meet Gary Wise. Yes, that Magic th- the Gathering Hall of Famer, <laughs> Gary true. Wise. I don't know what that means, but apparently it's a big deal. He was a big deal in the Magic world. Yeah, he um, he was sitting across the table from me at two five. We struck up a conversation, and I found out you know he was one of ESPN's feature poker writers at the time. Mm-hmm. And you know I was probably uh, working two or three jobs back then. I worked at Lucille's Barbecue for a little while. I was doing some substitute teaching. Um, and taking classes at UNLV. And, uh, you know, he mentioned that he was starting up his own website called Wise Hand Poker. Mm-hmm. And I told him about my, you know, education background and having just finished uh, college with a degree in English. So he had me send him a few samples, and he liked what I put together, and he was paying us nothing at the time. A couple guys you know as well, Ryan Lucchese came mm-hmm. in around the same time as me, and Tom Bostick was another name, and Jennifer Newell, I think she did some work for Lucchese and Bostick were both interns with me in 06, at actually. Card okay. At Card Player. Yeah. And uh, Lucchese kept working for us uh, as a tournament reporter in the years after. Yep. But uh, hey, shout out, Ryan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wherever you are uh, yeah. in California. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I wish we had found you that year. I mean, the, one of the hardest parts about finding poker reporters is there's plenty of people who can write and there's plenty of people who know cards but not very many people know both mm. so you would have been a valuable commodity to us back then we should ah. have snatched you up before poker news did that's when we met right around that time i'm sure right well were... here's so you i didn't meet you that first summer in 06 mm. i did meet you the next summer when you guys got the contract to do the live reporting for poker news yeah and uh i remember going Who's that well-dressed guy? Um, like, I may have said overdressed, but I, you know, you out of jealousy. Have, you might have said asshole. You might out have of said jealousy, I might have yeah. said overdressed. Um, <laughs> but it was, but I meant well-dressed because Thanks, you did always uh, care about your appearance while the rest of us <laughs> schlubbed it out there with a, whatever we threw on the night before. Um, but, uh, yeah, I completely confused you and Donnie Peters a lot that first summer. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, that that happened. We both had shaved heads at the time. Shaved head. We were, both were dressed. He dressed up. Well, yeah. He, uh, no, he. he I've actually I, learned you were the nice one. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. No, we were, we, uh, yeah, we had a good run during, you know, in the poker news era. That's, mm-hmm. I think 2007, right. was the first year that, yes. uh, star, uh, sorry, stars poker news, uh, had that contract and I got, I got pretty lucky while it would have been great to work with you guys for <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I met a guy who I consider to be kind of my mentor in the poker world on the business side anyway. Yeah. And that's John Caldwell and was the editor in chief and one of the, you know, co-founders of, of poker news and, Became real close with him, and he put some trust in me to, you know, become the live reporting manager for a few years. And then he actually took a, a director position with Poker Stars. It took you with him? Not quite. I, end, I ended up staying at Poker News for like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, But then shortly after that, yeah, an opportunity came up with, with Poker Stars, and I ended up working for – Jeffrey Haas was the one who brought me over there. And I I was the media coordinator for three different tours for Poker Stars, so yeah. nice nice transition to the operator side. Uh, I mean, people have described your job as uh, diva wrangler in in the, in the past. Um, I, I'm wondering if you have any horror stories from the floor. Anytime you stuck your foot in your mouth, or maybe cool. uh, a player and you didn't get along too well. I, you told the story about Tom Dwan asking for a weird uh, item. Oh, he used to, yeah, he used to ask for uh, computer mice so that he could he could smash them in his younger days of, of online <laughs> poker. Ah, uh, God. <laughs> 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 Excuse me. Uh, let me just get uh, half a dozen I'll mice. Take six, yeah. I'll I'm, take half I'm a just, dozen mice just in case. Why do you need six? You have friends? No, I, I'm breaking them, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. There weren't too many horror stories. I mean, gosh, I don't really... There's one. There's one story I, I want to tell, but it's I don't know. Can you tell tell it with a, a pseudonym? <laughs> mm, okay, so let's just say I won't mention who. Exactly. Massive celebrity, like massives in the sports world. Story redacted. Oh, it's yeah. brutal. It was bad. It was bad. But yeah, I don't know. There there've been some good stories, but you know, nothing too. Nothing Any too. celebrities you got starstruck with? Because you've worked with a lot over the years. Uh, man. I mean, there was one time uh, we were filming uh, the, a TV show for Poker Stars, and we had a ton of big name athletes on the show. And one particular day, Barry Sanders was on the show. Oh yeah. And one of the producers of the show came over to me in a panic and was like, "Yo, we're about to start filming with Barry in thirty minutes. Can you teach him how to play poker?" <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> Y'all me to teach Barry Sanders how to play poker right now in thirty minutes. Well, he had no idea anything. No, who, I mean he he played, but he didn't know you know the be- how to bet yeah. and you know the 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 sequence of actions and those kinds of things. So uh, I quick thinking, I kind of bailed myself out. We had a ton of sponsored pros on site, so I was I went and grabbed Vanessa Russo and mm-hmm. had her do it. But <laughs> there, I don't know. There were a few guys. I think after a while, you you kind of you yeah. get used to it, and yeah. Nobody had any beef with Gary Gates. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I can name three. You can name like... three people that have beefs with me. No, with, go ahead. With me, I'm just saying. Over oh, the with years, you. you know, you write something they're not happy with, or they feel they were misquoted or out of, taken out of context. People just get beefs. Whatever that stuff happens. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I can look back and find you a few examples of that it's not always pretty like you're Mm -hmm. out especially when you're you know working as a journalist in poker i mean you're out on for the live reporters they're out on the floor oftentimes 10 12 hours they have a notepad yeah the action happens really fast it's very difficult to count chips there's so many variables yeah easy to make a mistake uh and i and i think people can be a little unforgiving sometimes on that front you know shout out to uh 
live reporters everywhere who you know who <laughs> who tough it through that job. It's not an easy one. Um, That's very, funny. And, when you were making your main event run, Mike McDonald tweeted uh, that he's not a big believer in karma, but after so many years of putting up with every single high roller diva in poker, that you deserve. <laughs> The ten million dollars. <laughs> I remember that tweet. It was right after I binked that ace, yeah, against Robert Heidorn. And uh, now I appreciate it. Do you feel you that way? You feel like the poker world owed you something? Not at karmically? all. Karmically? Not at all. Not at all. I I feel, and I'm gonna get soft on you for a minute, but I I genuinely feel blessed. I mean, we literally are in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Our, our we've we've got families. Our livelihood has been able enabled by a deck of 52 pieces of paper. Right? Isn't that crazy? We've seen the world. You know, I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not grateful for for those opportunities Mm -hmm. in the life that we have. Yeah. Well, you are no longer with Poker Stars. Correct. um, Because you're some hotshot poker player now who's going to play all the high rollers, right? (laughs) That was everyone's (laughs) biggest question. Like when they – I made a post. People don't normally make a – social media posts when they change jobs but i feel like i was mm-hmm. public facing enough and by the way you know with... my favorite part of your post was tell me that you drove here that you moved to vegas in a 99 honda accord because mm. so did i did you really that, that car color? got me through it was uh navy blue okay. had a spoiler on the back <laughs> mine was... Thing refused to die i tried to get it to die for years but they're good cars man they just don't yeah mine was silver no no spoiler yeah. i'm not a spoiler guy I, I didn't put it on. You look like a spoiler. Guy. I'm not a fancy guy. It just was. It was in the lot. It was used. <laughs> oh, it's good. My Honda Fit begs to differ now. But. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So um, you you've decided. We'll get to the World Series, but gig wise, you have a new one now. Oh yes. Um, so people were, you know, I think everyone assumed that I was just going to become a professional poker player, but yeah. I learned a long time ago that for, it's not for me. Those guys that do it and do it well, I have all the mm-hmm. respect in the world for them. Um, but no, you remember the four eight game? Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. Exactly if you that. can't beat that guy, <laughs> I think I think for me, it did, and I'm you know I'm just speaking to my own experience. I feel like I just play better when you know I'm able to use the tools which are the chips in a way that, you know, I'm not thinking about it like, oh, I might, I might lose a Kia yeah. if I get this decision wrong or, you know, when it, when it doesn't, when I'm able to separate myself from the, the monetary aspect of it all, I, I play a lot better, a lot less yeah. fearful. So, you know, it's weird for people like us because, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. but we see it everywhere in this industry. Mm-hmm. So we've become desensitized to it in that way. But, yeah, it is still hard to pull the trigger on a bet for your mortgage payment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like some people just have that in them yep. where it you know, it doesn't bother them to risk that amount of money. Yeah, or, you know, you know a certain line is, like, the appropriate line to take in a given hand. But you also know if you're wrong, you know, it could have consequences yeah. when you have that added pressure of, of everything else. So I just – for me, you know, the minute that I was able to find sustainable work in the industry and just play as a hobby, everything changed. I feel like it just became a much, much better player. So mm-hmm. definitely no plans to, you know, to play professionally. I'll still play tournaments if the World Series happens this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I will play the main event and a few other things. go back but... and defend that fourth place finish. Yeah, yeah. 
But no, uh, I did accept a new gig uh, just this week, actually, with DraftKings. Okay. So I'll be joining the team. Uh, my start Daily date. fantasy sports. Yeah. Same same general industry, you know, just different mediums. and A lot of crossover. For sure. A lot of crossover in the player pool as well. No doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah, we start there, and in 10 days, the nice thing is I'll, I'll get to work remote uh, from Vegas, so I won't, you know, won't be moving yeah. to Boston, but... I couldn't be more excited. Um, the office, by the way, I don't know if you've ever been over there. I got a chance to visit, and it's just incredible. They have a there's a barber shop literally in <laughs> the office. You can go and schedule a haircut and get a yeah. shave if you want. There's a beer cooler. It's just crazy, crazy, awesome place. It does sound like a fun work environment. Yeah, ours yeah. has just got a poker table, but hey, that's pretty good. You too. guys have a really nice office here. <laughs> don't sell yourself short. Don't this tell people cool. where it is. We don't want any visitors. <laughs> you stay in your homes. Your secret is safe <laughs> for now. <laughs> uh, okay, well. Let's let's talk about the main event because that's crazy. <laughs> I, I feel like from for media guys, I mean, I guess you're a media guy even when you were poker stars. Um, you you tell yourself if I was in that spot or you know, week after week you're seeing these yokels who you're better than make final tables just by sheer dumb luck, and you're like, yeah, if I was in that spot, I'd do X or Y. Maybe one day I'll. What was what were you thinking during this time? Were you like that? Gosh, were you a daydreamer? I mean, so before I played my first ever main event, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, there's a picture of. Do you remember Chris Hanel? He mm. worked in the poker media for a sh- very short while. I remember a lot of Chris's, but I don't remember <laughs> last names. <laughs> Back when you and I first started, um, but we were sitting next to each other doing final table coverage, uh, and I think it, I want to say either 2007 or 2008, and during one of the breaks. I snuck a fanboy picture behind the chip leader's chips at mm-hmm. the final table. Yeah. And that picture resurfaced when, you know, I made this run. He posted it on Twitter. It's out there somewhere. But, yeah, I think just having that, you know, when you're right there and you can actually sit at the table, see the chips, see the experience, see the banners on the wall, um, the prestige that comes with winning this yeah. this particular tournament. Yeah, it's hard to, you know, you, of course you dream about it. And um, to get, you know, the first opportunity to play, I think the f- – I can't remember the first – specific year I played but I sold you know half the action and uh, I was playing for a very small percentage of myself and got slaughtered the first year I had no idea what I was doing I made it to day two but you know you went too fast that. yeah there was a I uh, that seems to be everyone's first year problem at the main event is 100%. they 100% no one has ever played a tournament with two hour levels yep and against competition in those early levels that are so bad. I lost 80% of my stack with the second nuts, like two, level two. Yeah. And you just don't need to do that. And I and I had no idea at the time. And I, I remember bumping into Lex Veldhaus in the, ha- in the hallway, and I went through the hand with him, and he gave me that very important lesson. He's like, this tournament has so much play. Yeah. He's like, your river raise here is never never <laughs> correct. Like, you know, you don't need to do that. And, and so I kind of hang, hung on to that lesson, and every year – Fortunately, knock on wood, I, I've not ever uh, busted before day two. I've always advanced, but uh, not to say that's like a crazy accomplishment. Or anything, well, now but, you can buy in yeah. on day two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, no, you've I think cashed, you, you know, four times now. You just get valuable experience just by playing the tournament, you know, mm-hmm. and you learn how to approach the days. I mean, it's literally, you know, you, you just siphon it on down. It's like one day at a time, one level at a time, one table at a time, and literally one hand at a time. And that's... That's all you can really do. You don't worry about the noise around you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the eight other people at your table. And um, so for me, yeah, you, to, to answer, I guess, your original question, for sure it's something I kind of 
dreamed about and you know thought how amazing would that be if i could get there someday i I think i had a cousin and one of my best friends from home tell me like you used to tell us you know 2000 2001 that you were going to make this final table someday and we all thought you were batshit crazy yeah so you kind of have to visualize it and see it and you know it's just you're right it's just absolutely bananas that 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 we made it work so yeah yeah you cashed 173rd 247th 898th before um, are any of those disappointing runs or you're just like, oh, this was the, uh, I had it or, you know. Yeah, probably the closest, I th- uh, maybe you, you probably have these numbers in front of you. Maybe it was 2000, my first big run the, uh, when I made 2011. it. 2011. Yeah, yeah. Because I made it to day five and you literally, for the first time as the tournament field gets smaller and smaller, they physically take the tables out of the room yeah. and you see the space around you shrinking and it's just very real at that point. You know, you're looking at the the board and there's less than 200 players in the event. And you're like, you know, th- I could do this. Like yeah. I've won tournaments with this many players before. So <laughs> it just becomes a little bit more real the closer you get. And, um, you know, I definitely made some some significant mistakes that year too, but um, and just probably played a little too tight, you know, and towards the end as I was trying to, you know, squeak, squeak my way through to day six. But, um, but you bust and you f- the feeling is... Okay, I can do this, but that was this was my shot. Am I, I ever going to get here again? Or what are you thinking? Like no, less, next I, year, I can do it again. Or I, I think any poker player will tell you this. While there's definitely an element of disappointment and sadness because it is the best tournament of the year, you just are gung ho and ready to. You you wish the next one started tomorrow, basically. And so mm-hmm. for me, I just kind of you know after I had that first taste of the main event and playing it, I. I you know wanted to commit to playing it every year if I could. I I, I think I missed two years um, out of the last nine, but for work obligations and other things. But uh, you know you wanna you wanna best your your other previous finishes. Yeah. And, and so that's you know now it's gonna be difficult to do that. But yeah, we'll, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, it's always possible. <laughs> Mark Newhouse uh, tied his uh, his best feat, so we'll see. Yeah, I'll take fourth place I mean, twice in a row. Why not? <laughs> I mean, like, here's the thing. Fourth place is a lot better than ninth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> ninth doesn't get any additional money after a layoff. So, yeah, that was pretty brutal for Mark. That would have been tough. I yeah. couldn't be, imagine being in his shoes like, okay, we did this again. And then you're thinking like. And my favorite yeah. tweet that he, he put out a tweet the day before day one. He's like, I'm not fucking finishing ninth again. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. I, uh, should, I should make the same tweet. Yeah. I'm not, not fucking I'm not finishing fourth yeah. again. Yeah. Do it. What's another three million? <laughs> um, Jason Mercier bought your action, and that's interesting to me because you have to be one of his most successful horses at this point. <laughs> I think I asked him. I think I mean my comp. Listen, my, let's be honest. My competition is Alan Barry. No. <laughs> Sorry, Alan. Alan will never listen to this. But isn't he a chef now? <laughs> yeah, he's doing really well. Hudson yeah. Table is doing well, and he's just getting angry on Twitter all the time. But well, he, he was always be, angry. He's living a good life. But no, I, I think I asked Jason. I think I have to be one of your, mm. you know, your top performing horses at this point, and I think it's by, <laughs> by a mile. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's a shout out to Jason Mercer down in South Florida. Uh, do you remember your starting table, or did you have any um, notable pros during your run early on? Um, or better question, how do pros treat you as a poker player? Are you like the oh look how cute he's trying it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is it like that? That's a really good question. No one's asked me that. Because uh, when poker players see me, yeah, they either don't remember me as the media guy, but they see they recognize me. So they're like, hey, how many chips you got? Yeah. I'm like, I'm not playing the tournament. I'm covering it. You know this. It's been 10 years. 
I think I think there's two schools of thought. I think a lot of pros take you know this this approach where they assume you're a fish until you prove them otherwise. Mm-hmm. Then there's other you know there's other, another group of players that give you the benefit of the doubt until until then you prove them wrong in the inverse. So so I don't know. I think I think the one thing for me that that was that's always been weird, especially at the World Series, is um, when I'm just playing with average Joes and then a famous poker player comes over and introduces them or says hello yeah. and treats me like, you know, we're old friends. And then they think I'm a, the rest of the table thinks I'm a big deal all of a sudden, yeah. which is kind of hilarious. You know JRB? Cause I'm not. <laughs> but, but yeah, that kind of, it kind of gives you some table cred and, you know, in those situations. But, you know, look, I, I think. I, think I never what, tell people what I do for a living at the table. That's tough. In the industry, it's tough because then they, they ask them they get a million questions, questions but yeah. uh, but they also think I'm better than I am. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you edit Card Player Magazine? You must be amazing. <laughs> exactly. No, I edit Card Player Magazine because I'm not amazing. What do you tell them you do for a living? How do you, I don't answer that uh, question. You just don't answer I it. say I play poker. That's what you tell them. Yeah. So then they're going to still think you're good. No. You need to come up with Anybody who says they play poker and they're at a 1-3 table is (laughs) not good. (laughs) Hey, don't knock the 1-3s and the 1-2s. No, we all start somewhere. Exactly. Some of us finish there, too. (laughs) We we need to get you a creative answer to that question, though. I I don't know. Let's Let's think about it. You part time as a showgirl or show guy. You're. you're <laughs> I'll be a showgirl too. You're, you're a bl- trailblazer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what What struck me because I don't remember any of the hands um, played. I'm sure you you think about them hourly. Uh, <laughs> but what struck me watching the final table live and the broadcast was how goddamn confident you were. Mm. You, I did not sense. I mean, I would have had a puke bucket next to me. <laughs> between every decision bluffing or not mm. and you were playing like rock solid i saw no nerves whatsoever uh am i am i wrong no i think you you nailed it so some context on that like um i almost i almost wasn't going to play the main event this year mm-hmm. um you know marissa and i are we're in the pro, we're now building a house now that you know now that we can but prior to this summer you know finances weren't great um I, you know, had some pressure that I was putting on myself to get a ring and, you know, buy a house and do all these things. Mm-hmm. And um, those Jared purchases are not cheap. <laughs> How'd you know we went to Jared? They uh, always go to Jared. <laughs> just kidding. We didn't. They went to Jared. Um, so I think, like, I played two events before the main and went, went deep in both, actually. It was the Monster Stack and the Mini Main. Kind of got my confidence going a little bit. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Jay and we decided to pull the trigger on the main. And I think it was after day six when I hit that ace on the river against Robert and kind of propelled myself to a big stack. After that, the rest of the tournament felt like a free roll in a weird way. You know, like I was 30% to be out at that point. And I, I think I said in an interview right after that, that was like a $2.7 million card. If you think about it, because if it doesn't happen that way, I'm out. And so, you know, when, when I would walk out of the Rio every day with Marissa and we would, you know, just kind of like be in the moment and think about the gravity of it all. And like, look, we're on day seven now of the main event and we're already winning this amount. This is life changing for us. Everything from here on is a bonus, you know? And, and so I just, I kind of made this commitment to myself that I was going to soak everything in. Literally, I tried so hard to make eye contact with my friends that came out to watch. Mm-hmm. And 
and just really appreciate, you know, what I was living through. And, and it also helped too, you know, having guys like you and, you know, Mickey Doft and Donnie, all my friends in the media as well, just, it felt like you guys were living vicariously for a little while. And, you know, you, everyone was so enthusiastic and supportive and, you know, I wanted to do everyone proud. And so hopefully, you know, there were a few things I did on the last day that were maybe a little ambitious, but I wanted to go down swinging and, you know, just play to win the thing. That's, that's what I was there for. And who knows? I mean, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan. Dan Marino had one <laughs> shot to, I'm not, I'm, I'm no Dan Marino, but, but he had one shot at the Super Bowl and, and, you know, didn't get there. His second year, I think. Didn't make it yeah. and never went back after that. So you don't, you know, it, mathematically, I probably won't make the final table <laughs> again. So I just wanted to make the most of that experience. And so that's probably where you saw me being a little at ease. Well, with, even busting out, you had an emotional interview and stuff. <laughs> and But they asked you, or I think it was Howard asked you, like, are you disappointed or what, how are you feeling? And he basically, you basically said, I'm a millionaire. Oh, he's, yeah, <laughs> well, his, his question was, he, he said, uh, I said, my life has changed now mm -hmm. forever. And he said, how, how has your life changed? Because, yeah. Well, the obvious answer is, yeah, I have some money now. So yeah. it's going to change everything. That's no what I'm saying. Like a lot of yeah. poker, you don't see it often with poker players, honestly. You know, there's a lot of fourth place finishers there in that spot who are only thinking about the seven million that they left on the table. Mm. Yeah. You know? Look, I'd be lying to you if I said there weren't days where I look back and wonder what if you know, maybe I did this differently, that differently, but that's a zero sum game. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't get involved in that. And I'm just grateful for the experience. I had a, a guy that I know down in Aruba, um, he uh, he works for Casino Aruba and called me up to talk a little business and you know he said you know i had a note to call you but your and your uh, world series rerun was playing here in the casino so i just you know i'm just to think about that's that cool. it's, just, it's just crazy you know yeah. it's just it's a it's a something I'll, I'll always have and and be able to look back on with fond memories mike matisau criticized your your coaching situation <laughs> for the final table what was that about yeah i t i because you didn't get coaching right I didn't at all. Um, and look, I had access to the best minds. I mean, you know, I, Jason Mercier himself, I could call him up anytime I want. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's his money on the line, too. So I'm sure he would have been happy to help. Yeah. I try not to take Mike Madison criticisms to heart. I mean, as <laughs> difficult as that may seem. But, but uh, it's one of those things. Jay and I talked about it, you know, and we had a rhythm going. And he knows that if we try to dive into some complex strategy implementation at any point, it's a, it would be a terrible idea to try and implement that, you know, overnight or yeah. when your your adrenaline's going crazy and, you know, anything to sort of unrest my comfort level or confidence would have been a bigger mistake than getting coaching mm -hmm. on, you know, how to play Ace Ten uh, versus Hossein. Or there were little things that you know happened organically, like um, I I. I remember losing a ton of pots with small pairs and just chasing sets and just being overly aggressive with them. And out of nowhere, Jason Somerville texted me like the following morning and said, hey, I've been watching all the broadcasts. You know, just a side thing I picked up. You might want to stop, you know, calling raises with, with small pairs and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, I was like, wow, this is the perfect bit of advice at the perfect time for me. So I, I used that yeah. instantly. And Jason, you know, there, there would be a couple of times when I'd say like, Hey, what do you think about this or that? And, but he stayed very much hands off and let me do my thing. And I think it ended up working out well for us. So, Perfect. Yeah.
Uh, any crazy purchases yet? I mean, obviously Jason got a little bit of that three million, <laughs> but a lot bit more than more than me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did you splurge on anything crazy? Yeah, the bit the well, we're building a house. You're building that's, a house. That's the big. That's the and weddings are expensive. We got the wedding. We got the house. Uh, I was able to help some people in my life that you know that that uh, you know it was that that meant a lot to me. And so, uh, my dad, we moved him out to Vegas. So he just left Titusville, been mm. been there for his whole life, and he's here in Vegas now. How's he doing? Uh, he is good. He's he's transitioning. He just got a new job himself oh, not cool. too long ago. But uh, he had a nasty fall like That's four or five years ago. I wonder if his health was back. Yeah, he uh, for most of the people probably don't know this, but he broke almost every bone from his neck to his hips, uh, falling through a the roof of a building and uh, was on life support for eight or nine days. And funny story about that actually. He's so this is I think now five years ago. He's at the hospital. I'm home in Erie, uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, the doctor, who his trauma doctor has been kind of taking care of him throughout the week, was a guy that I went to kindergarten, grade school, all the way through. That's cool. Went to an Ivy League school, so I knew he was a smart He didn't go to Titusville Medical School. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. But um, so on the last day when they were able to remove the breathing tube that my dad had in, uh, and Greg, the doctor, assured me that he was going to be okay, I made arrangements to book my flight back to Vegas. So I stayed in the hospital room until the last minute possible. And my dad was in the process of getting his adult diaper changed because he couldn't go to the bathroom <laughs> yeah, for himself. Yeah, of course, yeah. So the nurse is cleaning him up. He is Good still, timing. Terrible timing. <laughs> I'm trying to give him a hug <laughs> and say goodbye. And he barely can recognize that it's me. But he, like, squints his eyes. He makes eye contact with me. I tell him I'm leaving. He puts his hand on my cheek, looks me dead in the eye, and says, son, Go win the World Series of Poker. Oh, that's, that's cool. literally what he said. And uh, that year, that summer, because it was right around that same time, I think it was like May. Uh, I did run deep. I think I finished fifth that year, so it would have been nice to to do that then. But mm-hmm. it was extra special for my dad, you know, just being a, being a part of that experience and him being the one that got me into yeah. to poker and being kind of the rock for our family. That's as long still as so was, crazy so. to have a parent that got you into poker. I mean, it's nuts. Literally, yeah. I guess Todd Brunson might be the other example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's um, crazy. He's always been, you know, I've had crazy ideas my whole life, and he's always been very supportive, so – all right. Uh, you ready for some uh, rapid-fire questions? Let's do it. All right. Let's get We're good in time. Weirdest place you've ever played poker for money? Whoa. Uh, I guess the computer lab of my school. <laughs> I'm, like, supposed to be in the office working, and, yeah. I almost qualified for a party poker cruise in there one time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this little tiny office in my What about college, uh, just exotic trips with uh, – Poker news, poker stars, all your gigs. Yeah, what was we, your favorite destination? There's a ton of those. I just I I haven't been out to play. We're always working at these things. But uh, favorite destination is hands down Australia. I've been okay. there 15 times, I think, and it's just, I mean, if you could if you could cut and paste Australia somewhere in between the U.S. and Europe, I'd probably move there. It's just it's a great country, great food, great people, mm-hmm. great weather, the whole deal. I love it there. Australia gets your vote. Yeah. Uh, any place you didn't get to go to that's still on your bucket list? Uh, I, Japan is number one on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they just started running some poker tournaments there, but yeah, that's probably number one. And then I think Sweden. I want to get up to. Okay. Yeah, I got some friends in Sweden. They've been asking us to get up there for a long time. All right. Who's the best player we've never heard of? Wow. 
Shout out somebody who doesn't get the credit. Best player you've never heard of. And keep in mind, I've heard of him. You've heard of him. But, I mean, like, the average listener maybe not know. Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I mean, you probably know him. Do you know Nidus Udorpum? Yes. Yeah. I would guy, never have pronounced it that way. I don't know if I got it right or not, but I met this kid through uh, the Moneymaker tour, actually. He won one of the stops and got to go and play the mm-hmm. PSBC. I don't even think he's under the radar probably at all, but I think maybe most maybe most of your users probably don't know him. But, uh, yeah, great player. Um, I actually sat with him on day two of the main event this year, and he asked me if I wanted to swap. And because of my arrangement with Jason, I had said no to all the swaps, but I said, how about this? Uh, if we both make the money, we'll have a live 1%. So nice. he said, deal. So we go on, I get to day seven and I forget all about this swap. And I text him frantically. I'm looking through the you know the chip count page and the payout page to see his name. That's an expensive 1% at this point. Yeah. Uh, and he texts me back. He says, LOL, don't sweat it. I didn't make the money. You're off the hook. And so. <laughs> <laughs> But That's yeah, cool. he, let's let's give him a shout out. We'll, we'll say. Nidus? Nidus? I think it's Nidus. Dornpim. Yeah. yeah. He's he actually won good, uh, good WPT resume. Maryland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think he's from that area. Plays a lot over there. Because he's from Arkansas. Shout out to Nidus. Neatus. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll have him on the podcast. There you go. Uh, what was your worst job before poker? Worst job before poker. That's a good one. Uh, Never flipped burgers? I did. I was. I worked at Payway once uh, for, for a brief moment. That wasn't very fun at Payway all. Payway is the Chinese restaurant? Yeah, it's like fast food P.F. Chang's pretty okay. much. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was pretty awful. I worked in an what underground- What was so bad about that? I mean, I just, I just didn't. I just moved here, and I I think what was so bad about it is my idiocy in setting up this job. I lived in deep Henderson, at like Tuscany Golf Course. Oh, are you talking about the one in Summerlin? Yes, and I worked wow. at that payway, and I was making like just barely above minimum wage, so the job was probably break even just with gas, and it was really bad. <laughs> That's, I um, mean, Vegas is not a big city. Uh you know, commute wise, I mean, <laughs> but that's as far as it gets. I did it because the guy who managed the payway was our roommate. So I would oh, commute okay. every once in a while, but it, yeah, it was a really, I was young and dumb <laughs> and would never do that again. But, uh, I did work in an underground mine once, which mm-hmm. was interesting. It was a U.S. federal government job, literally underground in this tiny, uh, town in Boyers, Pennsylvania. Just clearing rocks or? No. So it was the U.S. Office of Personnel Management and OPM. And they're like the government's human resources branch. So if you were applying to be an astronaut or, you know, whatever, a mailman, uh, (laughs) your background check would make its way to us. We would do open up a case. And I literally was the guy like writing letters to people saying like why they weren't suitable for this job or that job based on. And why did you work in a mine? (laughs) That's where it was. It's like this. There's a, it's like you need like a high government clearance to do this job. My brother mm-hmm. actually works there now. But uh, yeah, it's like deep underground in this. Oh, for security reasons. For security reasons. Okay. There's like. I'm picturing like a mine shaft. You had to go oh, down no, no. like an Indiana Jones trolley. Mm-hmm. and. It's kind of like that though. You walk around, you walk <laughs> around this huge parking lot. There's a giant iron door and you get in a golf cart and it takes you down into the mine to your oh, office. That's cool. Yeah. I got to see a bunker where they would bring the president and the vice president if something mm-hmm. ever went down, it's over there. So yeah. probably not supposed to reveal that, but shit. There's bunkers everywhere. I'm sure yeah. they're 30 minutes from a bunker <laughs> at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So poker doesn't happen. Let's say poker wasn't even 
an existence, mm. what would you be doing right now, you think? Probably I'd be a lawyer. I, I think uh, those close to me know how argumentative I can be, and mm-hmm. I like to debate and be right, and I think I probably made a decent trial lawyer, but in a perfect world, I would have loved to, do, to have done something in music, I think. Um, it's just, I love everything about it. Get the industry. singing going. You sure you won't hit us with a little sample? I can't. I can't. A little, little I've got coronavirus, remember? I, my throat is... <laughs> Give it to the microphone. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> uh, okay, what was your largest non-poker wager? Ooh, largest non-poker wager. That's a good one. Uh... Probably Did you any crazy side bets with players that you couldn't afford, but they were just too good of spots to add up to the last. I mean, to uh, pass up. Mm, yeah, except I was the spot. So <laughs> <laughs> I remember being on 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 the circuit and poker players just being such degens. They'd be throwing hundreds at hundred dollar bets at you all the time. And I'm like working for that amount every day, and I'm like That's yeah. such a good spot. I got nothing that really compares to that. Um, there's, I made probably the dumbest bet I made was with Donnie Peters actually for two. It was just for two K, and it was during a year. You'll laugh at this. It was a year that the Dolphins started three and zero, and the Patriots were zero and three. And I'm, you know, convinced that this is the year the dynasty is mm-hmm. ended, and the Dolphins are blah 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 blah. So Donnie's like, all right, well, let's bet 2K over the next 10 years, most division titles. I'm like, oh, this is a lock. Book it. And so we booked yeah. it, and he clean swept the first five <laughs> years and let me buy out for like 1500 or something. That's yeah. fun. Really dumb. Really dumb. It was a prideful <laughs> one. <laughs> Damn dolphins. Yeah, exactly. Are you still year? a fan? Uh, I'm. If I had to pick my team, it unfortunately would be at the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in Miami, and Marino was a god to me yeah. despite – that one time I met him and he was a dick, but <laughs> but I'm just not a football guy anymore. I'm what? I'm just backed Golden off Knights? from no. What are you, what I'm, are you I'm all about NBA. Okay. these days. Yeah. Um, I never got on the Golden Knights train, although I do respect it all over town. Yeah, the but, NBA product is a plus right now. It's really good. It's so good, so, it's and it's good international time. in a way that people don't realize. You know, every obviously soccer is still god in in Europe but they like the NBA over there too so mm-hmm. it could become the sport one day i try to tell people once cte gets everything <laughs> else banned yeah that's true it's <laughs> trending in the upward direction for sure yeah um what is the talent you don't have that you wish you did oh wow uh something i wish i had that i don't that's not a talent is hair on my head that would, that would be strong oh hey you're looking good i just know this is like uh, a week after shaving it down to nothing because yeah. I'm trying to get that to be a look, but it's terrifying women and children. So. I don't know. I don't know if you call this a talent, but I'm very envious of people who just are able to not sweat the small stuff and just like be completely even keel, mellow. You know, let things roll off their shoulders. I tend to like, you know. Do you be... have an example in your mind? People, <laughs> someone like that? Uh, Umpa, Mike Zimba. He's a good. Oh my he's, God. he's like the most laid back, nice guy you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah, that's a guy. He, there's there's my poker player answer. Who's the guy that no one knows of? Mike Zimba. He's a very very talented guy. He was a uh, supernova elite yeah. online for years before he moved yeah. to Vegas, and then I think was one of the top players on WSP.com. He still is. He's yeah. he he crushes over there right now. Yeah, he's doing well. But yeah, he's a guy. You know, personalities like that. I'm just jealous. Like this, and I'm sure they have their own <laughs> sources of stress and things. But man, yeah, my he bl- was telling me about his company and still laid back. Like yeah, like he was just like yeah, whatever. You know, if it works, <laughs> it works. It's a great, it's a great company <laughs> idea. Yeah. Uh, headphones on at the table? Yes or no? 
Sometimes. I think sometimes in the earliest stages, like day one, first couple levels when I'm just trying to set the tone and calm down and, you know, take it easy, I'll put them on. But 80% of the time, no headphones. I like to hear what's going on. People mm-hmm. give up information, you know, that kind of stuff matters. So, yeah. Favorite movie? My brother asked me this the other day. I, get, I don't know. I feel like I have to say Rounders just because it's the only movie I can think of that I've watched it over. Don't shake your head. It's true. It's not I've even watched that it good like, of a movie. It yeah. really is. It really is. I mean, it's a movie that means a lot. I know that's to, sacrilegious to coming from a poker guy. but No, I know it's a cliche answer, but it's probably <laughs> true. I mean, I love I love Goodwill Hunting. Um, just a Matt Damon fan. I saw a, <laughs> maybe <laughs> I saw a movie the other day that I I don't know if it vaulted to the top for me, but uh, it was really good. Peanut Butter Falcon. I oh I, I that was like, uh, Randy like, Oha was on this podcast praising that movie. Yeah, sorry, Randy, still haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was a top ten for me now. But yeah, yeah. All right. Do you have a celebrity doppelganger? Or growing up, did people tell you you used to look like somebody? Two, there's two that jump out. The one that the one that I think looks the most like me is WWE wrestler Cesaro. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, spell that. C E S A R O. And if you're listening to this, Google it right now and As pull I. up a picture, compare it to my bald face. Claudio it's, Castagnoli is it's, a Swiss professional professional wrestler currently signed to WWE. You know what? <laughs> I see it. It's remarkably similar, minus the physique. But no, same pecs. The face, <laughs> <laughs> the face and the hairline and everything. The other guy um, I get every once in a while is Justin Justin Verlander. He's a, he's another one. Hold on. Yeah, because I know what Verlander looks like, but maybe with the, not and, without a hat. And my fiance says Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that's so nice you know. that you lie to him yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, say say sorrow is the one. Yeah, I could see a mixture of Cesaro and Verlander, actually. Yeah. Yeah, the noses are pretty dead on for both, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to Google Ryan Gosling? No, I think or, I know you, what it looks like. You have enough like. information to know? Okay. I know what he all looks right. like. <laughs> we don't need to confirm <laughs> that one. Um, all right, we end the podcast the same way every time with a question from the random question generator. Oh. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I didn't know this existed. Okay. Well, you don't listen to my podcast. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I just listened to the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. No yeah. one gets to the end. Yeah. You guys who don't get to the end are Put missing this in the beginning. gold. Put, start with a random question. We start question. the podcast every time with a question from the random question generator. Yeah. I don't know if that tone. works. It could. All right. You ready? Sure. Let's go. If you had to eat just one thing for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Too easy. It's pizza. I mean, you're gonna pizza now, hang breakfast, on. lunch, uh, and dinner. Yeah, you're gonna on, liquefy pizza and Does, have that do, as like a post workout. Are we concerned shake? about health? Like, yes. Oh man, you have to choose strategically here. Gosh, in that case, I mean, yeah. if you choose pizza for the rest it, of your life, you're not be. gonna have a long I'll life. I'll die. Yeah. Uh, well, what's the most sustainable food? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably some kind of nuts. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. That sounds terrible. You don't want to eat salad the rest of your life. I mean, I guess chicken. Uh, but that's not sustainable. I don't know. Let's go with <laughs> the world runs out of chickens and you just die. I'll do nuts and berries and nuts. Why not? Why not? Um, that's two, but I'll give it to you. Want to do a different question instead? Uh, sure. All right. <laughs> this is cool. Where do you get the random question? Generator? It's just a bunch of websites I click on. Okay. I don't know if you want to hear this question. Oh. I mean, have you ever shot a gun? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. I okay. get, you can ask that question. I got a good answer, actually. What? That question. Have you ever shot a gun? <laughs> yeah. I have actually. <laughs> so in Titusville, Pennsylvania, another fun fact, mm-hmm. when you're 12 years old 
they send you to a camp called Wesley Woods, and any any sixth grader goes there, boys and girls. You learn all these outdoorsy skills, including shooting guns, bow mm-hmm. and arrow. So 12 years old, we, they literally put a gun in our hands and send us out there. Um, we actually got two days of school off officially per year to hunt for buck and doe because it's huge problem for the traffic population but yeah <laughs> what yeah there's they ton- just send out the citizens like go go kill the people on the road it's go kill true. the deer on the road it's true my uh there was one winter where both my parents hit a deer with each of their cars oh my within gosh. like a week of each other so it, it's actually a problem especially if you live out you know in the woods somewhere but um yeah they don't mess around in in pennsylvania <laughs> that stuff. 12 years old here's your gun <laughs> we didn't have deer in florida to worry about yeah, hit a few yeah. manatees every once every once in a while. But, you see uh, manatees on the road? Yeah, yeah just always, right. just blocking traffic, <laughs> just, just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, thank uh, you so much for coming in and doing the podcast. It's been fun, man. And good luck at the new gig. Thank you. I'm looking forward you know, to getting started. Yeah. And good luck uh, besting your your spot <laughs> last year in the World Series. Keep an eye out for my fourth place tweet coming up. Not fucking happening, <laughs> Mister Newhouse. Thank you, Gary. Good stuff. That's it. That is the show. Thank you once again to GG for coming on and sharing the stories. You can check out what Gary's doing over at DraftKings, which admittedly isn't very much right now with the shutdown of the entire sporting world. But hey, that can't last forever, right? In fact, DraftKings is still running right now with esports like League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. You can follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Gates. That's Gary with two R's. And you can follow us on Twitter at CardPlayerMedia or at Poker underscore Stories. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. Leave a five-star rating and a nice review. And let us know about it with an email to PokerStories at CardPlayer.com. And we'll give you a free digital subscription to the magazine. In fact, speaking of the magazine, every issue that comes out during the casino shutdown will be available in its entirety for free on CardPlayer.com. So go check that out right now. Until next time, thanks for listening.